Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 11 of the Short Free Games Talk podcast. Hello. I'm your host, Chrissy. I'm your co-host, Clyde. Yeah. And on this podcast, we talk about uh, short, free, mostly computer games, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes other things. Oh yeah, well, well... We did the ASMR videos. We got something like that tonight, tonight. too. Yeah, that's why I was bringing it up. It was a little foreshadowing, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Would you consider it a game? Uh, yeah, of course I would. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, we'll get right to it. Uh, we have a bunch of games that we're going to talk about. We didn't think we had that much to talk about, but I'm looking at the list and it seems like a lot. So I want to start with Electric Highways. And the reason is, there's like a buzz around Electric Highways this week. Clyde a buzz? Like, Clyde like went into an Electric Highway hole where he like... One played it a bunch and wanted me to play it and wanted to talk about it on the internet. Uh, but it was interesting because I was looking on the internet for games to play for us to talk yep. about. And I found this one and it was like advertised as like 80s new wave music was inspiring them to make levels based off of a song that was going to inspire specific feelings per level. Yeah. So when I went in there, I was like, I was like, oh, this is great because, you know, I'm really interested in the idea of games evoking emotions right, right now. And I was like really kind And I'm really interested in uh, aesthetics, trying, trying to think of what aesthetics even means and like in, in games and like, you know, how, how, wait, how, what is how aesthetics that... like how it looks? Well, see, that's the thing, right? I, I don't really, I don't really have any confident opinion on that, but when i when i see something like um you know uh emotion through like i'm going to build a level that ex that uh gives you an emo or represents an emotion the word that comes to mind is aesthetics, aesthetics. yeah I, I i think of it being like you know uh they got to do some you know like a rothko painting or something no i don't i don't know what that reference means uh like those paintings of uh color of squares of color, oh, you know? okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I think of that, I, it, yeah. Okay, so... It's when very I, loose in my mind. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, we spent a lot of time with this. So, so I went in, and I was surprised to find out it was in the format of a puzzle game. And I was walking around like... Well, specifically an environmental puzzle game. Right, yeah, I was walking around like, okay, what is the environment trying to evoke in the emotion of me? You know, I was, I was like... I was like on Clyde's, I was, I was trying, but I got so frustrated because of the puzzle game aspect. I didn't jump right. That's what it did. And then Clyde went in and played in this like whole thing. Am I talking to that? No, you're great. Oh, and this whole thing happened where you got like super into wanting to talk about it. So let's, let's go from that's where I left off. Oh, I don't even remember what happened. Okay. Well, you played it. That's the first thing that happened. Yeah. And then you started talking about how you, the game was making you want to communicate something, but you weren't sure what it was. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we should talk about the game first since I just did a terrible job. Okay. Uh, you are the authority of talking um, about the game at this point. I think there's eight or nine levels, maybe ten levels, and they're very concise. Uh, they're not expansive at all. Um it feels like you're wandering around the garden or um mm. maybe like a like a 
like you go to a wedding and you go into like the banquet hall or something and like there's kind of like a strange architecture you're not familiar with. You don't know how many rooms there are, but you kind of ha- know that there's going to be. Oh, about... like you're in an expensive hotel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I can see you're, that. You're exploring like something that's larger than a home. Yeah, but, but it's still enclosed, or there's yes. there's boundaries. Very much so. Yeah. So, um, but each of them has a, a different used textures. It has a different looping soundtrack, mm. um, and there's. This kind of gets into what I want to talk about a little bit, but uh, there's often um, sprites that sometimes have a little bit of uh, kineticism to them. Uh, So tiny little dynamic um, props almost throughout the game. Okay. And then... um, And it's very geometric, let me say. There's like, you know, shapes of of black and white well at the beginning i guess there's color later on but everything is like pattern based Mm -hmm. there's a lot of patterns and moving patterns and they kind of are synchronous with the music sometimes and sometimes not but it's it's really pattern orientated yeah i agree yeah and then um the other aspect that makes all the levels similar is that the the environmental puzzle is a formula it's its own formula uh what does that mean um, it's, it's a very concise version of environmental puzzles. So there's basically a circuit board oh, okay. in every level. And sometimes there's multiple circuit boards, but basically you go find the circuit board. Uh, it acts as some form of, form of a switch, which then allows you to pick up a, a, um, spinning, uh, uh, rune. And then, uh, you find, and then there's a door that previously had the rune, emboldened on it which is no longer there and that door falls and bounces actually when it falls and then you go through it bounces to the shit and then you um you go through and uh uh go to the next level oh but let's back up uh this all is under like the shroud of a backstory of you are a programmer Yes, in, in, a, in the future. In the future, in a cyberpunk-ish, I guess, world? They don't go too far into it, but they do say that uh, human... The the line that um, I really attach to, as far as the narrative goes, is uh, that human re- human emotion is rare. Okay. Uh, and uh, I don't remember exactly what it says, but there's some... I got the impression that um, there's a relationship between... Uh, the the artist class of virtual reality programmer and uh, the supply of human emotion. So the virtual reality is is a simulation of human emotion. I that's how I interpreted okay. it. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm done with that. So they are creating a system of of. Uh, generating emotion yes and the artist also said they were trying to create an emotion using the music through each level yes so those two are in there's a par- a, parallelism yeah there. okay yes. so i mean okay so that's good okay yes so there's a there seems to be a mixture of what the actual artist's motive was and what the motive is within the narrative which okay. is which is in the narrative is a very how would you put it? Like it, it's not, it's not 
complex or engaging. Like there's not. It's, got it's like little... I don't even care that the words are coming up. I'm not even yeah. really reading them. They just seem random and like in in just there. They, there's not there's not a heavy investment in the story at no. all. It's more like a flavor text with yeah. with some illustrations at the beginning. And my personal belief uh, is that um, I I think that what happened was that the author of the game uh, probably made all of these different levels that loosely represent emotions which are felt probably from the songs and then uh the songs are awesome by the way i really enjoy the songs and then tried to tie it together with the with a theme and so i i think that or with the narrative and i think that the narrative came from a fictionalization of their own experience of making the game right that makes sense which is really synecdoche and synecdoche or whatever you know it's uh but see i can see that being the motivation but it's so loose in the story itself like i feel like they just needed a reason to have levels i agree and, and that was what was happening so it was the easiest thing but i don't really know obviously i mean yeah. there could be like a well i don't know if it's ease so much as honesty to be honest mm. to, to be honest to honesty. be honest uh in Okay, so I've been trying, I've been... Uh, yeah, what happened that made you want to talk <laughs> about this game so much? So I played this game, and, you know, I've, I've played environmental puzzle games before, and, you know, I've played Tomb Raider, right? Oh, yeah, well, you know what I think of as environmental puzzle game right now that we talked about recently? What? That, uh, who was the artist? They did a whole thing about, with their art, and you had to, like, climb up everything. It was like a platformer, I guess, more than a puzzle uh, game. A Surrealista? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That yes, that was an environmental puzzle game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, in that game, you had to find the switch for the door. And you and didn't you come out of that game like... Im impressed. Well, not just... Like, I don't I don't even know what happened to you. You're like, I have to talk about this, but I don't have any devices for doing it. Right. But, but you haven't, like, narrowed down what it is you're trying to communicate that you don't have the devices for. Is it, like, I have what you like about? I have okay. narrowed it down, but I haven't narrowed it down so much that I've been successful. Okay. So what is it that you felt was necessary to communicate? Okay. Um, where to start? <laughs> Can you ask me a question? Okay. Uh, what you were trying to communicate when you first played the game, was it something like what you liked about it or what struck you about it? Like, I don't even know where, what you're, because to me it's right. just another environmental puzzle game with good music. Okay, so I think that typically when I think of art and uh, how people think about games in general, the the majority of, the more, majority of the people I talk with on Twitter and stuff in Idle Thumbs about games, we've kind of, I think there's emotion to go away from saying good and bad, right? right? right. Th those types of value judgments, but instead they're replaced with things like um, uh, well executed or not well executed, or uh, you know, worthwhile even, or um, you know, just there are these these other binary value judgments that seem to take its place. Mm -hmm. And uh, what this game does for me is. It shows me how how narrow like how narrow I've been seeing that spectrum, and it really broadened that spectrum of success for me. How so? So so 
I would think that success or failure in a game, uh, the execution of an idea to manifest a game, would be uh, something which makes the game worth me playing it or not worth me playing it. Okay. You know, something that I'd be willing to recommend or something I wouldn't be willing to recommend. But in this case, uh, I my my uh, feelings about the game is that it's a partial success and a partial failure and I'm fascinated and compelled by the the um, the level of success and how that success was achieved or how I perceive that success being achieved and that doesn't typically happen when I play games I, I, I'm not I'm not like usually uh, really distracted by by the the nature of uh, how the relationship between the ambition of the game, the execution of the game, and the techniques to execute the game come together. And in that in in this case, it just really struck me. So is it it's that their intention, which is to create an emotion or to have a a story maybe for each song that they they evoke something in you was successful some of the time to you and that was what you are trying to communicate i i think there were a couple of i think there were a couple of goals in the game um uh i think there was a goal to express emotion through architecture and aesthetic mm -hmm. uh i think that there was a goal to create a puzzle uh an environmental puzzle game and i think there was an, a motivation to um tie a bunch of asunder le levels together into some coherent uh, piece. And the way that... And, okay, so you have those three goals, mm -hmm. but then you have specific techniques, uh, which are basic... Is Are these the techniques of, of success? These are the techniques of just making anything. Okay. Uh, so there, you have these, in, as you were describing them, very geometric kind of corridors and such mm -hmm. um then you know the, the textures being overlaid on them the design decisions about how the environmental puzzles are going to work out and then this like whimsy as far as uh, the sprites used in the effects that occur as you're walking through uh this game and and then the narrative so and then also there's text in the game like as you're playing through some levels just have text appearing on the screen and kind of like trying to give you messages that are very vague but seem to be coming from a fictionalized voice but all of it kind of blends into uh you can easily interpret the fictionalized fictionalized voice being representative of the feelings of the author of the game while making the game but in terms of the fictionalized vagueness right so all this all this kind of blends together into this really strange mixture and and uh and it doesn't completely work like it you you don't i didn't leave the game going wow i really felt that emotion or hmm. wow i'm very confident about um about what the uh author of this uh felt 
or was trying to communicate or was trying to yes i i I don't i didn't leave this thinking like wow okay that was a message that i just got Mm. but i did in fact i left the game thinking there was a bunch of text that made me feel like it was supposed it was trying to project the sense that there is message but there's not but beyond that message that it's trying to give me something was communicated to me so the the decision to create communication through a message that didn't really mean anything communicated something correct which was what um a uh, particular style and um, problem-solving sensibility. And also a, a kind of like an area of ambition. Uh, this, so, okay. Um, I've been in trying to figure out how to describe how I feel about uh, what I find interesting about this game. I've been uh, researching the terms kitsch and camp. Why did you come up with those? Because this doesn't seem like either. Uh, there, it's not either. Uh, but those are two terms that are really... Um, they're uh, difficult to define, but uh, they, they involve the complexity of taste. Uh, you know, something that's... Two people can uh, debate whether or not something is kitsch or if something is camp. And it's largely based off of uh, perception of motive and an exposure to larger culture. Okay. So there's a lot of complexity involved in, 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 it's a very refined taste. You know, it's, it, it's, it's not easy to explain. Uh, and I think that that's similar to this situation. It, it it's very particular. Um, and I've come to the decision after researching those two things that this game is neither camp nor kit. And uh, so that made me realize that there is in between, an in between between, or something that those two things do not explain, which creates this sense of, a, of, of not necessarily a third thing, but just an area of, of interest for me. And... I don't. I still don't <laughs> see what has to do with the camp or the kitsch, since it's obviously neither. Like, how can it be a third thing? It was already a third thing. Well, yeah, yes, but I reading about camp and kitsch is is an attempt from of in order to be able to explain it. I guess is the only real connection. By seeing how they explain those. Well, just in in also seeing that this is not that. Um, so, let's see. Uh, I wrote down some notes because I knew this was going to be difficult to talk about. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, Susan Sontag says that the creators of camp are not kidding and not trying to be charming. But Wait, that... why are we talking about camp or kitsch if it's not either of those? Well, because I have a comparison. Okay. Okay. Uh, creators of camp are not kidding and not trying to be charming, but that they are naively earnest about their ambition. And their ambition is something grand. Okay. What's interesting... So, how this compares to that is that I don't think the ambitions are particularly grand. I get the impression that the author of the game didn't really feel like they would be completely successful. Like, they, there's not, like, this bubbling confidence that you're watching, you know, go over a cliff. 
there's not that type of an entertainment value. The entire thing seems very skeptical and reserved. You think that? Yeah, I do. Huh. Uh, and and I then, feel like it feels confident. But go ahead. And then, once, once the limits of the artist's technique to reach a mediocre ambition uh, occurs, once they don't get to you know full success, it's like they have that that level, and then they say, okay, well. I've 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 used the motive of that original ambition to get this far and now I need to complete the experience in some way to make it satisfying and in order to do that I'm going to borrow from other things. I'm going to borrow from what I expect an environmental puzzle to be. I'm going to borrow from my ability to create a a narrative that is somewhat reflective of my experience of creating this situation. And that's so weird to me. Like, I. So is this the thing where like they're limited by the fact that they're making a game, in order to achieve their success? It's largely that they're trying to communicate emotion through, digit, uh, to through digital space. And they're stuck with the limitation of doing that, which is having to make it a game. Well. Well, I don't think that even having to make it a game is the limitation that is really limiting. I, I, I think it's I think it's the medium itself, which is just environmental space. Uh, to, to me, I, I think that the goal was to create an environmental space that's reflective of an emotion in that the emotion not actually just be something like happy, sad, angry. The emotion is something that's created by the song. So so like when I listen to when I listen to um one of the songs in there it might make me feel you know kind of relaxed but that mixed with you know uh, uh a an interest in the pace of the music or something like that so so i think the the emotions which are trying to be communicated are not things that are explicit like happy and sad i think They're the emotions are, are like how this song makes me feel that type of emotion uh so trying to communicate trying to reflect that emotion through architectural space is limitation is a huge yeah it's like that's the medium i feel like they were working in and that has a huge limitation like you can't really do that right (laughs) (laughs) and uh then you might i mean trying i guess is a interesting goal absolutely yeah Yeah, it's an interesting goal too and so trying and i get the impression that they tried to do that got to the place where they were like okay this is as much as i can do with you know my skill and tools and then they said okay now i need to turn this into an environmental puzzle so you think that came second that that was the second thought well because the world is so built around the puzzles in the early levels i think so and and you know of course everything i say is complete bullshit like i don't know what i'm talking about this is just but I'm, i'm constantly hypothesizing about the craft when I'm playing the game. But it seems to me, and I didn't finish the game because it made me motion sick, I'm afraid. But it seems to me like the entire level was the, I mean, it's not necessarily a puzzle, but a path, like a specific path. And you are required to take that path. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm ready. Uh, let's talk about the plaza level. The okay. one where you 
it's all glass windows and tables behind them. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Okay, why don't you go ahead and describe how that level goes, and I'm go probably going to interrupt you once you get to the to the middle point. You're probably going to interrupt me at the beginning. <laughs> so so uh, you are, I don't even remember, uh, but you go through a level that is indoors, and uh, you pass a lot of rooms. If it, if it was similar to a real-life area, what would it be similar to? Uh, an office, maybe? I don't know. You're you're walking down a corridor, in between, and on each side, there's panes of glass with, like, tables behind them. And then you walk a little bit further, and then there's some more glass with, like, tables behind them. Maybe a mall, because you go up an escalator, but everything is closed. Honestly, all I could think of was no fun house, because you're trapped out of those rooms from the glass, and then you're, like, kind of lost in a maze. That's what I kept thinking of. I, I think that that is a really specific thing that that level communicates which is being able to see an area that is not accessible yeah and then what happens and then you get somewhere where you get a uh, pipe and you can break glass and it's called the borders destroyer the borders destroyer oh yeah why do you have such a good memory i played the game like six times yeah that's true and then so you can like, and then all the walls change colors to like this weird green camo kind of thing. This is the part I wanted to interrupt you with. Okay. Uh, well, let me, too bad. <laughs> and so then you get to walk around and smash all the glass, which of course progresses you. But it's really fun. I mean, Clyde was like, before you get lost, let me tell you, no, I'm just going to smash all the glass. Like, this is where the fun comes in. And that's probably like what they were trying to maybe... Uh, communicate? communicate is smashing glass yeah like it's an fun to destroy things like you know who wouldn't want to do that in real life who wouldn't want to go down a street with like a fucking crowbar and smashing all the glass like it's Let, a power fantasy let's go ahead for the sake of discussion assume that the author's intent was to communicate the emotion of being able to smash through boundaries like that okay mm -hmm. so and in that interpretation first you're presented with the boundaries, right? Right. The first thing that you see in that that level is the exit to the level. Your 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 goal oh, that yeah, has been established glass. from your previous levels and experiences with what this environmental puzzle formula is. It's right behind you. It's just separated between you and glass. So that's the goal. You can't you get know, there. Yeah, you have to get through the glass. Then as you go up the escalate towards immediate, the escalator and up. Oh, I guess that's like immediate set boundaries then. Correct. Yeah. As you're going up the escalator or towards the escalator and such, you see all of these rooms that are inex inaccessible because of glass. And then the only what you're led to is this thing with a giant sign there that says "Borders Destroyer," which is a pipe that allows you to break all Didn't of the we boundaries. Say all this? Right? Yeah, you did. Okay. Okay, but in the interpretation that the emotion oh, okay. was to create the sense of being able to break all of those boundaries it's a pretty straight path to get to that pipe right right but when you get the pipe and you turn around oh all the colors change your entire path that you took to get there has is now blocked by a new type of material which the pipe does not destroy a new border a new type of border and this is so strange to me this is like the perfect example of of the sensibility of this game it's really interesting i'm glad you brought this up because i didn't understand what why you were talking about this at the time because all i wanted to do was break the glass so so 
you get the pipe, you can't go back and just break the thing to the exit of the game because all of that's blocked by a new type of border that's like this cheetah, moving cheetah kind of pattern. And so you have to break all of the glass that you've passed by thus far to create a new route around these borders mm. in order to get there. It's interesting. And it, But see, how can you say the game is not, the puzzle is secondary? That seems obviously primary. This gets to the mixture, the, the fascination I have with the mixture. So, again, with the interpretation that the emotion trying to being communicated is being able to break borders, mm -hmm. to smash borders, uh, they create that situation, and then they say, "Oh, well, then they New might borders. not, they might not experience, you know, that emotion because they're just going to go back to the door, smash it, and go in, you know, some some." Thing like that so i'm going to have to create a new limitation so then that puzzle game motive comes in and doesn't it's not distorts not the right word it just messes up the environment it messes up the emotional attempt by creating limitations which are specific to the environmental puzzle motive or they could have been like you know, in reality, if you uh, if you have a tool that makes one thing happen, it creates new limitations. That's fair. I mean, that's a fair interpretation. But but, but the the way I see it is is the way I play the entire game and the way I interpret the entire game is uh, the way that the ambition to create emotional spaces and to create an environmental puzzle game clash and 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 contribute to each other can you think of another example um uh not now that you asked me but i could earlier this week oh. like, um the other thing that the other thing that the game the other or the third element which is that that narrative kind of patching mm -hmm. of what's going on in the game that really to me that really came through with the space telecon level because there's all of this narrative popping up on a, on screens. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to point this out to you while you were playing it. At first, the first message you get is, um, Welcome to Space Telecon, the place that was built in a day. And so when I read that, I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm still thinking in the framework of this as a virtual reality engineer. So they're saying, okay, I, I made this level in one day. Okay. And then you go through, and then it gives you a message about um, how uh, we haven't met and we don't have names. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is like some sort of author-audience relationship that's being discussed. Okay. Or comment on, commented on. And then you keep on going, and then it starts talking about how you'll love being observed by the machines. And, and then it starts being from, like, the machine point of view. Yeah. Like, we, the machines, have tried to create a human, and it just gets all crazy sci-fi... AI's taken over and is trying to replicate humans and is testing you and it's the entire thing just feels like it starts in one place and then goes in a completely different direction within the course of just one level. So how do you what do you feel like that is trying to communicate? I don't think it's trying to communicate anything. I think it's I think it's an attempt to make that level work. Ah, so you think that is an afterthought? 
of like, I've got this level, it's not happening, so I need to put something in. That's kind of mysterious and, and text-driven, I'm and I'm not going to rewrite the first one I wrote. I'm just going to see how it develops as I go along. It's interesting because it seems so focused on the text in that level. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're looking, you're like there's following a everywhere. path of the text. Yeah. There's a sense that there's an AI talking to you. But you feel like it's an afterthought, the text is. I do. I do. It uh, does totally give me like that watching Lost feeling where it's like, okay, you guys are just saying stuff in order to confuse me, but none of it matters. So that that aspect or that technique is like, as you were describing it with Lost in reference to Lost is typically frowned upon, right? Mm. But when I played, and I typically frown upon it. I, I typically think that it's- Typically uh, like frowning. I, or I, I, I typically think that it's something that can be, should be improved, I guess. It, it, it's low hanging fruit that should be worked on. In the case of this game, I'm just mesmerized by it. Like it's so, it's not hidden. There, there's no. It, there, it doesn't feel like there's an attempt to hide that incoherent, or not incoherence, but like to hide that sense of seams and and um, how it's made and the fact that there's craft behind it that's flawed. Mm. There doesn't seem to be any real attempt to patch that. The thing that seems to be trying to be fixed is an overall satisfying experience and that creates this scenario where I'm looking at these disparate elements that are all supposed to interact with each other to fix each other it doesn't completely fix each other but it kind of does and I can see that but all of the work is shown like I, I can see the process of development I feel really yeah and, and it just excites me it like when I play a Jake Clover game and, and I see the texture and I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, I know, I know how this was do done in Unity and that excites me. Like I, I have this, I have this, uh, you know, fascination with the craft going on. But in this case, it's not just, um, it's not just a uh, technical craft. It's narrative craft, uh, environmental creation like space creation craft and uh the craft of trying to communicate something with a medium which is not suited for it mm. and all of that just comes together in this really really idiosyncratic experience mixture that i've never seen anything like it before makes me wonder if the text really was intentional now like like it, that would be cool if it were, and it would be cool if it wasn't either way. Yeah. It, it's kind of successful in that if it gives you the experience It gives me of, something, right? Yeah. Yeah, like it created the emotion, right? It didn't create the emotion. It created an emotion. Like, oh. but, but But at the same time, it's like the emotion that it has created in me, not necessarily in other people, is... Uh, is really exciting for me it's just it's this strange in between like again it's really difficult for me to talk about this game because you know i'm not i'm not really interested in intention but yet it's i'm kind of depending on it right because 
largely what I what excites me about the game is the the sense of intention I get from it. Mm. But I don't know what the intention is, and and even if the author came out and said that that wasn't their intention, it wouldn't really affect how I'm perceiving it. Right. But I mean, here's the thing. At the same time, it's like I played this game, and it felt like a puzzle game. Like, how did you make it past? That, I guess, is what I don't... The levels are so distinct from each other, but so similar, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is blocky. Everything has just maybe, you know, at max, 10 textures for it, for each level. But those textures don't really mix. You don't really see much of a reuse of one texture from one level in another one. Yeah. And that creates a sense of intentionality. It's It says... It says to me, uh, I wasn't hard up on resources. You know, I wasn't really hard up on time. I was crafting each one of these things individually and distinctly mm -hmm. because I wanted to communicate the emotion through aesthetic and space, right? Mm -hmm. but, but then each one of them is crafted in a similar fashion. Each one of them is crafted with, with a sense with similar skills and similar tools. Okay. And so seeing all of those alternates, does that make alt does the use yeah, of alternate yeah, make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Seeing all of those alternates in quick succession was allowing me to compare them and contrast them in order to get a broader sense of what this process was like. And by process I mean Specifically, the ambition to communicate emotion through space, uh, the uh, the um, the tools used, and then the Execution. use of, and then the use of narrative in order to okay. tie it together. But not just narrative things like um, one-off sprite movements that happen for no apparent reason. Yeah, like in, you brought up earlier. And this one point, you, like, hit something, and this thing comes out, and you yeah. follow it and embrace the glass. And yeah. that only happens one time. It only time. happens one time. They don't reuse that that code, right? Right. Right, right. That's so strange to see in a video game. Like, in, in a video game, you're going to always see people reuse code. <laughs> but in this case, in this case, it's like they created, they created the level, they tried to communicate the space, they put in the environmental puzzle, and then they're like, you know what? This needs a little something. <laughs> So, so what you do you think that this is like uh, interesting to you because of the like if you were not into coding games maybe would you have the same reaction to it I I would have the same re I think I would have the same reaction I would just have a different way of describing it mm. because again it's just so different than the workflow of other games like other games are not made this way and the the way that this game is made really shows to me it's interesting okay do you have anything else uh, you want to say about it before we move on um i, d I do want to summarize in a way okay i think take it okay so uh why do i have like eight red okay uh I've, i tried to initiate a discussion on this game and was uh, rewarded with people who are kind enough and compassionate enough to attempt to examine it with me. Mm -hmm. But as that happened, 
I got the sense of I, the entire time I felt like I was probably confusing people. Mm-hmm. And the reason because I because you kept talking about how you wanted to talk about it, but you don't know how. Like, and and I think that the reason people typically recommend a game to someone else is because there's something, because the game itself, in its whole ambition, is in its execution on that ambition is compelling. Like, mm-hmm. I think people recommend games because games are successful. And I don't feel like this game is successful towards its own... I don't think it's incredibly, like... I don't feel like it's successful, like, uh, in a compelling way. Mm-hmm. I think it... It's another... Is partially successful in a compelling way. And I think that's a really hard thing to communicate interest in to other people. Like, it's hard to say, this game tries and fails but also succeeds in such a strange way let's all look at it together and then everyone looks at it and you know and they're like oh it's a puzzle yeah but but at the same time people were getting thing getting their own things from it and you know i'm just being selfish trying hoping that people get the same thing as mm-hmm. i got from it but what re- what's really going on is just I've been trying to communicate something about this game, and I feel like I still haven't been able to do so. Even after all that. Even after all that, I don't feel like I've really communicated what like, I want to communicate about like this game. Like, what aspect of it is still, like, lacking? I, you said, like, everything I think is possible to say about it. I don't even understand, like, what else you could possibly have to say. If, if someone listened to this conversation and then played through the game and got the, feel, got the same sense of it, then... Then I, I suppose that So is would... the sense of halfway success that you're trying to communicate? And like... the particular way that, that... The particular value system of what is successful, what is not successful, and the method by which uh, they the author tried to be successful. Mm. All of it together is just a really interesting demonstration to me and I, i've just never seen anything like it i've never seen anything like this before that's cool hmm all right let's do <laughs> <laughs> do you want do you need to take a break before we no, move to the next but thank you for asking me such good questions on that because i've you know I'm, i've been really wanting to talk about it well here's the here's the real problem so we've been talking about this game like all week almost and it's been killing me that we don't because we do this we end up talking about games before the podcast and then we say everything we have to say before that and then we're trying to remember during the podcast the things that we said so i was pretty nervous that was going to happen considering how many did it happen no it was actually turned out better than the other conversations we have so i would call this a success Uh, but but a partial success because i don't really feel like it well, I feel like that's it. just you, so I don't really take that seriously. All right. Maybe yeah. I'm just used to not being able to communicate it. <laughs> well, no, I, I think it's just that uh, uh, you're used to being able to communicate things through uh, maybe summaries. Like, I feel like you're communicating it. Yeah. But through that's a really good so way to put much, it. through so much information versus just a sentence that says... It's like that, that built to spill day. I don't understand. You that. can say it, but it will take all day. Is that a day? Wait, did I say built to spill day. song? You said day. I meant to say it's like that built to spill song. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
You want to be wait, able wait. to summarize it. I do want to be able to summarize it, and that's an interesting point. I, I want to say something that's very similar to that. Okay, I'm ready. Um, I think it's fascinating, the idea of uh, being able to experience certain emotions, which are never going to be communicable. Okay. Uh, but then trying to do it anyway. Like, trying to do it, trying to do it while being completely skeptical of your ability to do it. <laughs> you like and, that? And, and, and that's what I, that's the overall impression I get that's from That's interesting game. because you've been so frustrated about not being able to do it, not excited. Well, but I'm skeptical, right? I, I don't necessarily think that I will ever be able to communicate how I feel about this game. I don't believe that you think that. But I still try it. I still try to do it. <laughs> I don't believe you don't think you can do it. Well, well, yeah, you're probably right. I, I do. I do kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I do think. You I, think you can fly? I think I'll be able to do it. I just haven't been able to do it yet. Right. You just want to find every word that exists so you can use the one as your summary. Well, something I said to Chrissy uh, tonight was that um, even if I fail to communicate this on this one game, I'm going to be paying attention to it from now on as oh, I yeah. play other games, and I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how long it'll take you to forget, and then it'll happen like years down the road. Until until something else comes along, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> literally, I will spend years thinking about why I like a song before something else happens that tells me. Like you know, it's it's kind of fun for it to be on your mind every time you listen to it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's really life is awesome. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I know it's just so funny like, to hear you say it. But it's just so it's so exciting to like be engaged with. Your mind? You know, well, yeah. Your media? With, with, with philosophy, with the, the uh, particulars of, of philosophy and perception and human experience and then how that combines with the attempts to communicate it with other people in order to experience communion. Like, oh, see, that's just... so funny. That's where you always go. Like, I'm not trying to figure out what I like about it so I can communicate it to other people. I have zero. It's all about, like, how I can find more of it. What do I like about it so I can expand that interest in myself? You're a lotus eater. Yeah, I have zero. I mean, here's the problem with sharing favorites. I brought a lot of people to concerts that were miserable. Yep. And that's when I found out that people do not like the same thing. And so I don't need to show people what I like. I will ask people what they like because I want to know what's out there for me to like it. But okay, I don't... so we'll take it from that angle. Asking people what they like, don't you want them to be able to communicate that to you? Uh, they can tell me what they like, and then I can go see what it's like okay, and decide so whether or not I so like it. So it's just mentioning where to find it? I just need titles. But at the same time, that doesn't provide I don't, it. I don't really care what they like about it. But what they like, the way they like it... The method by which they like it is the actual thing. You don't like built, to, you know, since we just mentioned it, we don't like built to spill. Like, we don't like the band. We like the way our experience and our knowledge and our perception combine in our culture combines with l the experience of listening to that music. It, it, it's. I don't, I don't it's think entirety. so. I think it's the. I think it's just the music itself. I mean, if I if I tried to get my mom to listen to Built to Spill, do you think she'd have any similar type of appreciation of it? Well, she has developed an interest in different music. But the interest in different music uses different methods than the methods I use in order to listen to Built to Spill. Okay, uh, I agree with what you're saying. Right now, it is driving me crazy that 
I cannot get everyone in the world to listen to primary. It is, it's like, I think about putting it on, like, I don't, I don't communicate on social media because I don't want to communicate with people, but I've been thinking <laughs> about doing it. I did why, it on why, Twitter. Why don't you want to communicate with people? I mean, can I ask that? Uh, is be, that okay? Yeah, yeah, because I don't, I, I don't really have anything to say. But how good primary is. Well, yeah. Well, I did put it on. I did put it on. But yeah, yeah. Like, that's the kind of thing, like, like, it's been driving me crazy not to share this favorite because it's so good. Right. But at the same time, I know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to listen to it. And be like, oh, this is some Korean R&B. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not going to it's not going to be the same thing. That's that's what I'm trying to say is your favorite is your experience. You're right. Your experience is not going to be. Uh, the same as theirs, mm-hmm. and they're not going to have the same reaction to it. And even though you're super excited and all you can hear is how good it is, it's not going to be communicated. But I, th- I think what's important in all of that is a frame of, is a frame of reference, and it's so funny. Saying frame of reference as if that's a thing that can be, you know, moved around yeah, and, and it doesn't really mean anything. is ridiculous because it's so incredibly complex. But um, I think... Again, it's not primary. It's the way primary reacts with the frame of reference. And so if you're aware of your frame of reference, you might be able to have more success in trying to communicate what it is you enjoy about it so that they can then learn what's interesting about it for themselves. But see, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. When it comes down to oh it. Oh my gosh, that was so good. I wish I hadn't laughed so that I could later take that audio and use it in a game because that was the most wonderful, optimistic defeat I think I've ever heard. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It was like, it was, it was perfect. Like, yeah, when it comes down to it, I don't really care if they appreciate it or not. So you're just, you're just saying that because you know that it's not possible. Yeah, I'm saying it because, I'm saying it because uh, I know that, I think about all the steps I've gone to to get to this point and how far, not only do I have to yeah. explain that, but that other people would have to all, go through. All of the experiences you've had in order to get to the point where you enjoy primary. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long road. Right. There's no way. And it's not pragmatic to think that anyone else will ever. Yeah, so the reality is that's it. Okay, let's move on to no, games. We're talking about well, games. I, well, no. I want to point out, and I'm not, I'm not just being clever about this. This is what I find interesting about this game, about Electric Highways. Tell me. Tell me. The the attempt to communicate emotion through space. Oh, without the backstory in the in the what do you mean? Keep going, sorry. The attempt to communicate emotion through space is is validated once someone else experiences that emotion because of the space that it has evoked it. Right? Okay. Okay. But that's ridiculous. The the attempt to do that is so extreme. No one, well, at least the author of Electric Highways, didn't think it would even be possible. But that in, you think they don't. I, I according assume. to my interpretation, right. yes. Uh, I don't think that they thought it was even possible, and so that's that's what I call skepticism. All right. Okay. But instead of just saying I'm not going to try. They were like, you know what? I'm going to make fucking nine or ten of these. 
I'm just going. I'm going I'm to make nine try. or ten attempts, and when I reach my limit, when I reach the point where I realize that I will not be able to communicate this through aesthetic, visual, auditory, and and mechanical aesthetic, and narrative aesthetic, I'm just going to, you know, uh, make it satisfying enough, and then put it together in a bundle, create a narrative for it, and put it out there, like. It's that switching of motivations. It's taking this incredibly ambitious thing that you don't necessarily think you can do and then being able to try because you attach secondary and, and, and tertiary uh, motives to it. And it, that's amazing to me. Like, it's just such a good... I, I haven't seen people do that before. I, really? I haven't. I maybe haven't you. Seen maybe that's being, what most games are, and you just haven't considered that aspect of it before. That's possible. Yeah, because I, I'm. I'm sure. You know. Now the, that you have that lens, I'm interested to see like what happens when you go out into the game world. But I mean, to the point where someone changes what their motive is, in 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 is probably aware of the change when they even start. Okay, now we're we're repeating. <laughs> it's time to go back. Okay. It's time to focus. Awesome game. Electric Highways, try it out. <laughs> or don't. Uh, okay, do you want to talk about Anxiety Dream Part 1? Sure. Okay. Uh, okay, <laughs> this is this is really interesting. Uh, the, the interesting thing for me from playing, in, and I'm going to say the interesting thing of this game also reflects of playing all this person's games. Dundarper. Yeah. Uh, not just this one. What, what games are you thinking of? All of them. They, this is like a non-game... Walk on Killerney Hill and the one where your little RPG sprites moving around into different areas? Yeah. No. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the, the one that is a Let's Play and the one that is uh, you are walking you were navigating through photos? Yep. Okay. Uh, so I have a reference of, like, non-playable games right. from this person. And that they're really interested in in non-interactivity. Yeah. But all I can think of because of, because of this is that they are... I, I still associate things with Let's Plays. Like, I still feel like they're making Let's Plays even though they're, you know, not necessarily... Okay. Like it's hard for me to lose oh, the, that lens. Specifically, the motive of uh, you know I'm often watching let's plays, so I'm trying to create them. Yeah, it's difficult when I play this person's non-playable games to not associate them with the less play aspect. Okay, so even what though does that mean? might not be their motivation. Well, how does that affect? I still feel like I'm watching someone else play a game that's playable. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. When you say that's playable, do you mean that you are playing? Yeah. Or, or... Someone else is actually playing a game. There's interactivity. There's choices. You're able to move your character. So you're so when you're playing Anxiety Dream Part 1, you're imagining someone else playing it? Someone else is playing it. That's so cool. It's so hard for me, <laughs> even though that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> that's so cool. It's so hard for me to get out of that frame of reference since that was the first game I played from Don Derber yeah. that I can't 
unthink that that someone else is playing the game you're playing. Yeah, like every game that is in, uninteractive. Oh, it's like a spectic mode almost. Is a let's play. Like in it, like this is a game that uh, Rocket League is a game that costs money, but mm -hmm. there's a spectate mode, so you can kind of you can watch. You can watch other people previous, fuck up. You can yes, you can watch previous matches from different camera angles. Is that similar to how you see anxiety yeah. during part? Yeah, one? yeah, like you any. All the games where you're not playing it, you are watching, you are in spectator mode. That is fascinating. And not only that, they're not talking, thank goodness, because, right? Because uh, the audio that? is important. Yeah, yeah, and then they talk through it, so you got to find the ones where there's no audio. I love that, Chrissy. I well, love that. Well, that's what I think of, so it's hard for me to inter to say anything about this game. I don't see the problem. Because that's, well, well... You played this game and you're like, this is so great. You got to play it. So tell me your interpretation or what you got out of this game that made you suggest to me to play it. Mm, can I do it by asking you questions that are projective? Uh, uh, sure. Have you ever had a dream that's similar to that? No. Really? Oh, talk about what the game's like first. Oh, okay. Um, uh, you know how when mud cracks because of it not getting any rain mm. and it not having any plant life and stuff. Dude, I'm it, from Georgia. It creates that, like, cracked, like the bottom of a pond that's dried up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Clay, mm -hmm. clayish. Mm -hmm. uh, you're running through an environment like that. N you cannot not run. It's automatic. <laughs> you can look. You're what, spectating the run. Like a 270 degrees around mm -hmm. about. And um, uh, you hear heavy breathing, which is a high fidelity uh recording of a real human breathing heavily you know i thought it was the hoof sound because it goes in time with the hoofs interesting and uh you these um you know very obviously uh 3d low fidelity trees that are barren appear some of them are in the sky. In the, yes, they're above the ground, so there's not really a um, there's no re there's not a realism to the tree appearance, right? Right. So there's this. I I want to go ahead and say this. Go ahead, uh, say it. If you have a landscape of cracked mud, you have a landscape of cracked mud. Mm -hmm. If you put a barren tree on the landscape of cracked mud. You have then created the sense of barrenness, right? Like you've created the sense of uh, life cannot survive in this area. But there's a tree on it, so life is surviving. But it looks like a dead tree. Like, oh. So it's okay. like it's like there's a symbol. So recently dead happened, like there's... before there was something here, and now recently, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even if it's seasonal. You are exp you are here during the season. The dead of, time. Of the dead time. The Correct. Dead and yeah, and I think that's an important distinction because, without a reference to life, in growth, you're not going to be thinking about growth, in that scenario. So the barren trees create a sense of, uh, death isn't really the word so much as lack of ability to grow. Okay, you're in a barren environment. And uh, so you're running through it, and the trees are disconnected from the ground. 
um, in appearing and, you know, kind of like, uh, you know. Random, random intervals. Random, yeah. And you can't control yourself running to them or away from them. Only your view. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, horses appear on the distance. As you look around, which is your only form of agency, uh, you see that the horses are actually surrounding you. So there's not a sense that you're running with the horses or running towards mm. the horses, but that over a very short period of time, the horses are actually enclosing upon you in their um, in their gallop. In their double horses. There's like a big one and then a little one's head stuck in his chest. Yeah. They're, they're overlapping of different sizes. All slightly above the ground again. And uh, galloping in such a way that they're not rooted to the ground. Uh, which creates an, an ephemeralness mm. to them. Mm. The dreams I've had that are similar to this game. Um, it's not that I dreamt of a barren desert with horses. Do you associate this with like a green man dream then? Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Yes. So the dreams I have had is I've had dreams where I was being chased and had no control over whether or not I was running away. Yeah. So it's actually the lack of interactive. Uh, you had a let's play of... Correct. No, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's that type of thing. It's like I, in this game, you have no control over whether or not you're running. And in dream, I have had dreams in which I had no control over whether or not I was running away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but typically in, in those dreams, and this gets away from the game a little bit, I, I realize that I do have a choice and then, um, Start lucid dreaming. Mm, to some extent, uh, actually, yes, I, I might become overly confident of my ability to do a lucid dream and then, uh, approach the thing which I am running from, but I do associate this game with that point at which i'm running and cannot control myself from running being overwhelmed yeah I mean, that's a really simplistic description of it that seems to work out fine yeah yeah that's what it communicates to me anxiety is anxiety <laughs> yeah yeah so in the example or the previous conversation of a game being able to express an emotion I feel like this is successful. Absolutely. Of being overwhelmed. Absolutely. By anxiety. With anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was fun. It was really short, and, you know, you can watch the Let's Play version of it. Can you? I mean, no. Why not just play it? <laughs> That's, that is the Let's Play. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to take a short break before we start talking about the next game, if that's okay. okay. Yeah, Okay, we're back from our break. And now we're going to talk about the Catamites Lands 101. I thought you said that you weren't going to talk about any Catamites games. Well, here's the situation. Uh, you have invested so much time and energy into talking about Catamites games online that that person has kind of an unfair advantage of having their games talked about. But at the same time, I've talked about I Have Five Hat and Everything's Taken and Firecat FG's games more than anybody else on this podcast, and I could have every podcast be about their games and be totally happy <laughs> with it. Like, if there's, I, I mean, they're so good. They should be talked about all the time. So I'm not going to hate. So so what you're saying is you now have, have enough experience to understand how that 
quote unquote unfairness is yeah is not something worth avoiding. And not only that, like like the catamites is that thing like with where you like it so much that it's difficult for me to participate in. Because I just I'm just so Well no No, 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 no. It's it's we talked about this on the podcast before. Whereas if I know that you like something so much that there's something valuable in it and and then I get like overwhelmed on trying to find it or like you know, it becomes like I feel like there's more pressure when mm. there's something that you like a lot. More of a sense of ideal. Versus, yeah, versus if there's something we're figuring out together. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, I, I kind of avoid it. But, yeah, so tell me about this game and why you wanted me to play it. I, after that discussion, I kind of want you to tell me about this game because mm. I haven't said anything to you about it, I don't think. No, you didn't. You said, I want you to play it. I played it. I refused to talk about it because we always talk about games before the podcast to ruin our... Ability to we talk about them it. later. I mean, sometimes we do, but sometimes <laughs> we we enhance our ability to talk about them. It's a fifty-fifty. Uh, so in this game, you go in and there's a menu. You know, honestly, I think this would be a pretty good flick game. Uh, you go in and there's a menu. There's a lot of motion and sound in it, though. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Never mind. I take back what I said. It's just because there was a menu at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you go in and there's a menu and it's lands 101. Yep. So you can click on uh, six different numbers or eight. I think it's six. And it will take you to a different type of land. So there is, I can't remember what the first one is. Like. Where you, uh, you the can, first one is um tidal pool maybe yeah you can like hit in a tidal pool with the stick and yep. then there's like carpet land where you like play with some action figures over the carpet yep like it's like things that you would do in this environment but, that's why it's but so things that you never considered as being lands so tell me about this lands business um so uh, there's a scene that the catamites has created and in it. Uh, I think is was the term space people. Yeah. Uh, there's this uh, idea of space people, and at the end of the zine, uh, there's a summary, which kind of creates, which basically suggests that, um, when when the Catamites was uh, uh, uh younger and and more dependent on their imagination than even today, if you will. <laughs> uh, uh, Places like above the microwave and, you know, the the top of the microwave and like, you know, maybe the rug or whatever were these spaces where um, they would play out things in their mind. And they were fascinated, looking back on it, they're fascinated by how that form of limitation of space uh, uh, was able to inspire so much imagination as far as what could occur on it and what the logic of that space would be and that those spaces were um so close to the things that we experience every day so for instance you know i'm looking at the windowsill right now Mm -hmm. um i don't typically think of that as like you know something that something someone might journey across on a smaller scale or looking in my cup and thinking of that as a an ocean to sail across but the interesting thing is, I feel like in this game, uh, they picked things that you would do in those spaces. 
like you have the wallpaper land. You're totally right. And you would try and scrape off. Right. Or like, uh, or the title pool. That is the character, right? The character is the, the, the pinching portion of your, of your fingers. Yeah. I mean, they totally created a limitation for you to do the thing that they would do, I guess, or, you know, I'm projecting that they would do in this space. But it would also be the thing that I would do most of the time. I would poke in the water with the stick. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I guess in the in the I didn't realize this was even happening until the the carpet with the action figures. Oh really? Yeah, because I used to play with all you know. That's what brought it back to me. Like for for me, the one that got me was Ceiling Land. Really? Why? Because um, I spent I've spent large quantities of my life staring at ceiling fans (laughs) Uh, especially with the windows open yeah uh, on nice days and listening to music typically but um uh that is a okay so the game's called uh lands 101 but if i really think about how i how i term it in my own life because i do feel some amount of a common experience here Mm -hmm. Uh, for me it's i think of it as like more of perspective than land and so really yeah because the the perspective of laying down on a nice day and just staring at the fan uh and seeing the room from that perspective is it's almost a a familiar space and I i i think that calling these lands is an attempt to designate them as mm, they're environments in which you do something specific right yeah and and they're distinct from each other and they're not you know ceiling land for my example ceiling land and wallpaper land and carpet land are not the same lands even though all of them occur in the house right okay yeah yeah, yeah. uh those are they're they're determined by the perspective and that perspective determines how you imagine that land being i don't know what you would call it um 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 essentialized through through action or character and so all of these spaces are made distinct by 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 the organization of the game and um ceiling land is somewhere i have been and am fond of that's so and, funny because that was the one I didn't get. And did not think of it as a land, you know, did not think of it as a distinct place mm. until that perspective was provided to me in this game. And that's something very incredibly valuable. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to uh, see all the places uh, that you have visited and things you have done in them in a collection Uh that, that that then has a like the lands part like it really has like a fictional fantasy sci-fi-ish yeah. importance to it doesn't it i wouldn't call it importance as much as like shared com this goes back to i guess the shared common experience is like uh we all live in a and have grown up in and mm. in, in have experienced shared experiences of I have seen a tidal pool and poked in a stick. So, okay. What are other examples I, that happen? In this I, game? 
I gotta ask you this question. Tell me. I'm um, ready. Prepared. It sounds like your interpretation of it. Uh, what does it sound like? I don't know the word, the proper word for this, but the ceiling land I looked at is the same ceiling land that the Catamites looked at. I don't know what that means. It feels like what you're suggesting through your interpretation is that we have the ability and have participated in uh, the ability to transport ourselves to fictionalized places which are unified. Oh, no, I don't believe that. Okay. I do believe it is a trigger, though, for you to remember your own experience of it. Okay. And everybody has an experience of it, and that's how it's shared. But they're but, all distinct But they're from all each just... Other. And you're not going to pay... As soon as you're in there, you're remembering your encounter with it. You're not paying attention to their encounter of what, it. What about the inherencies of it? For instance, in, well, in Sealing Land, there you move a hand around, and the hand is somewhat transparent yeah i didn't even know what the purpose of that was um when you move your hand <laughs> when you move your hand around for don derper-esque interaction while staring at the ceiling fan <laughs> uh you you may find yourself closing one eye or the other in order oh, and to so your hand different become... amounts of transparency oh, is that why well, that's your, how, your interpretation. That's my interpretation of it. So, if someone else does that, are we in the same space? Well, you are, but not because, again, as soon as you see it, it's going to trigger your personal memory of it. But the inherency of that space. I mean, you're not in that space with them. I'm very optimistic. Here. Yeah, I just feel like they created a memory trigger of environments in which you did the thing that everybody does in that space. And you are remembering your interaction in that same space, doing the thing that they suggest you always do in that space. You are correct. Mm. It was very successful in doing that on the ones that I did. You did all of them. No, I mean, I didn't. I never did the hand. I mean, oh, in I real see. life, IRL, if you will. Did you pick at wallpaper? Oh yeah. Are you serious? Where can you pick at wallpaper? Like everywhere. What do you mean everywhere? Where do you have the right? <laughs> How to can you pick not? If you see any wallpaper that is even a little bit peeling, you peel it. Aren't you supposed to? Are you in someone do else's house? Not, do you not peel your skin? No, 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 no. The key word there is your. <laughs> Where have you been that the wallpaper is like, yours? I feel like it has happened in apartments yeah, before. Yeah, I feel like I don't want you to visit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, uh, we're going long, so I'm going to move on. Unless you have anything else you want to communicate. No, that was just, just a fantastic. Just fantastic. I mean, really, seriously. I mean, I Come mean, on, people. I mean, like, yeah. fucking A. <laughs> You're really? You're so enthusiastic right now. It's so good. You're so like... excited. Okay, no. Okay. We're going to talk about cat drawing. Are you ready for this? This is a... Okay. This is like that time we talked about ASMR uh, roleplay videos. Yeah. Uh, which is like a quarter of my home life. Yeah. 
Chrissy watches a lot of ASMR now, and she doesn't, doesn't have, have it. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the videos. Allie's awesome. I mean, no, I moved on. I've got from Allie. Oh, I've gotten so many new people. Yeah, well, yeah, but Allie is no, Allie. No, no, she's a little, she's a little boring compared. Are to you serious? Some of my, yeah, yeah. Who? Okay, uh, for one, I've got the girl with. The multicolor hair with the doctor's office? Is she the nurse? Yeah, yeah. That, that is not going to stick the, the thermometer up my butt? Yeah, that's that's her. And then I got the girl with the push-up bras. She rambles, which is I Is that enjoy. the dark-haired girl? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not into her. Oh, yeah. I like her because she talks a lot. She talks like the entire time. And now I got the eye, the eye doctor girl. Is that the one that confused with the... Yeah, yeah. Okay, from my perspective, Allie... Is Allie like Allie is the well, absolute? Well, I always epitome. go back to Allie, but you know it's nice to have some variety, I guess. So anyway, uh, talk about cat drawing. Um, I was uh, when I was um, when I was researching kitsch and camp and such, uh, I came across uh, I don't remember what the search term was, but you know I use all sorts of search terms in order to try to think of how someone might have already expressed the idea I already have or I have and have not been able to express. Mm. And I came across um, this YouTube video, which was a tutorial for classrooms on how... It, it's basically an arts and crafts project that is in YouTube video form, uh, which gives you some background about the artist. Laurel Birch. Laurel Birch, who is... Got a bone disease. Inspiring this particular workshop activity but like makes cat drawings if you see i mean when i saw the cat drawings i was like oh i've I, seen this before yeah, imagine a coffee mug with a cat on it or a t-shirt that a the... uh, woman who is probably 50 or 60 years old is wearing that has uh abstracted cats on it those are probably them um so i didn't realize that that person was a thing uh until this video but that wasn't really that that was an aspect of the experience but it wasn't really the the yeah the, the um it's not really the initiative uh but basically when i started watching the video they're like okay so pick out take out a piece of paper and draw this one line and um at that point i made a decision i said am i going to engage in this material or am I going to just treat it as something that I am passing by and I decided to engage in it? And it really is like a game. I was I It's was not surprised. like a game. It's a game. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it and then decided that Chrissy and I should do it together. It was super fun. It was fucking... It's fun. I mean, it's like... It's not like a game. It's a game. They're like, okay, draw this shape. And then draw the eyes and nose. Now you're gonna draw a pattern in the in the cat face. And now you're gonna color in the the pattern. Mm -hmm. And then you're gonna draw the whiskers. But but see when you when you rattle it all off in um um order list terms yeah uh, in 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 Buzzfeed article if you it, will. It, it it loses. I don't know. So okay. If I heard me say all that, I'd be like, "Yeah, I want to do that." Oh really? Yeah, yeah. See, if I heard, if I you heard told you me that, you did all that, and I was like, "I'm down." Go if ahead. I if I heard it, I'd be like, "Oh, I know what that is." Like, and that, that's my natural reaction is, "Oh, okay, I know, I get it." A cat face with patterns, pshaw. Yeah, but even if you know what it is, 
You still get to do it. For me, it's not even the doing. For me, it's the results. Really? Yeah. Like, I... Um, so, okay. Speaking to people who are similar to me, uh, just because you fucking see all the steps in front of you doesn't mean that you know what all of that what all of that will do in the entirety of it like it, it's completely different doing something than listing the steps of it and that might seem obvious to people like yourself chrissy yeah because you told me you did all that stuff and i was like that sounds fun as shit i want to do that for for me i have to resist the urge to pass it by simply because i know how it ends or because i think you don't know. know how it ends that's, though that's my main point is that for people like me we think we know what we're going to end up with but we fucking don't and it's absurd that we would think so yeah do the cat drawing exercise it's so fun. and end up with a manifestation that you never imagined yeah yeah it is it is totally i won't keep saying like a game it is a game uh, following directions, getting an end product, having an experience in between that you participate in and manage, and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know. You don't know. Like, that's the big message I really want to really want to forward with I feel, this. I feel like you've communicated that. Yeah, before. you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let me sit. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, I want to put our drawing. Can we? Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. We're going to put the link in our drawings. So we can put our drawings up on yeah. this one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got one more thing to talk about, and then our show will be over. Do you know what that one thing is? Um, let me look. We've talked about cat drawings. We've talked about electric highways. We've talked about the art catamite scheme. Oh, we didn't talk about the art aspect of the catamite scheme. The uh, catamite had an art land. Um, yeah, I feel like we, we talked didn't... about the Don Derper game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I was trying to remember other lands the whole time. Uh, yes, I do know what uh, game you're talking about. Lovely Warriors of Friendship. <laughs> Tell us about this fucking game. Uh, before I found Electric Highways, and it's kind of funny to me now that I realized that I became obsessed with another game for... You were so into this. You stayed up until hours. like four hour, four in the morning <laughs> trying to finish like the big boss. Okay, so th I want to talk about my experience with this. Mm. In I'd love for you to talk about finding the website with yeah. all the cares and shit. Okay, so... I apologize to um, Cure, I don't. Cure Lovely Warriors if, oh, if, yeah, yeah. if this is yeah, them. othering, okay? But here's my experience of of playing your games. So this is what happened. Riley James Thomas apparently found the game on Steam Greenlight and was like, this should, Glorious Trainwreck needs to know about this. And so they contacted the developer and said you should put your game on Glorious Trainwrecks. Oh, that's how it got on there. That's correct. Okay. So, I'm I regularly check Glorious Trainwrecks for new games, and I saw this one that was uh, what's it called, Lovely Warriors of Friendship, and it seemed different than what I'm used to on Glorious Trainwrecks, and from someone that I've never seen before. So I became kind of curious, and so I played it, and it's a um. Mega Man clone. Well, no, it's not no. a Mega Man clone. It's a Mega it, but it has a Mega Man sensibility, right? Okay. Like, they w want to make Mega Man esque games, but they don't. <laughs> but instead of having 
a large quantity of level designs, they've used the Mega Man format to focus on the parts of Mega Man they enjoy, which is boss selection mm -hmm. and character ability. Mm -hmm. So they've just, instead of, instead of making a massive quantity of levels, which there are plenty of, <laughs> they've decided to uh, focus on making a large quantity of selectable characters that you can unlock in achievements that show you what you have managed to do in the game. But all of the achievements assume knowledge of the fictions from which the characters come. So do tell about this part. What do you mean? The care thing. This is so interesting. Okay, so I've never heard of... I don't even... I'm not even going to get it right because I don't know what it's called. We are not anime fans. We don't... Yeah, we don't watch anime. We don't get anime. But apparently there's the Cures or something. Lovely Cures. Possibly Cure Princesses, maybe? There's an anime that's been... in. I had to Wikipedia it to figure out what the fuck was going on. There's an anime and it's been going on since like 2008 or maybe 2004. It's had multiple seasons in like various countries. Wikipedia will tell you. And there's something like it seems Care Bear-esque. But also with Sailor Moon-ishness. I don't know. I've never seen it before. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, But coming... But my, my personal path of seeing this show up on Glorious Trainwrecks and trying to figure out where these characters are even coming from um, was really fascinating. I, like, snooped and, like, tried to figure out who this person is online and they're, like, participating in forums that are based off of this anime I've never heard of. And that is a really alienating experience, but, you know, not, like, in a bad way, just kind of, like, Holy shit, I spend a ton of time online and I have never visited this space and had no knowledge of it previously. Which is so fun. It's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun to like find a new hole in the internet. Yeah. And fucking you found this website where they were, like made up a new care and there's like four of them. And... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so a funny. there's a forum and they had a contest about like um creating a new character for this fictional universe which is coming from a television's uh uh, show that is made in Japan um, over the course of like the last decade and the fanship has created a new character and they had a con all sorts of great interaction with media that I've just I mean never heard of it in any form at all before this game occurred and so then you go into the game and you can and, okay, so one of the really cool things about it is as you're looking through the characters that you will that you will select, from my perspective, I, do, I know none of them. So... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, well, you know some. There's Barney the Dinosaur. I unlocked Barney, okay, with my With my, me, with my with your caring. <laughs> with my caring. So I'm, like, moving through these characters, and when you highlight one of them, it gives you a description. But the descriptions are written in such a way that it assumes knowledge. Yeah, you don't know what these people are going to do. They care more than anybody else cares. This person used to not care, but now they do care. And it's it's like it's obviously like not so much inside jokes, as much as you're 
you know this much. How could you not? So I'm going to put my little angle on it. And it, it just creates this. It gives me this sense of like, I cannot believe that it, or it, it's really humbling to realize that there are people so into something that I've never even heard of. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's a ton of things you've never heard of, of that course people there, are in. Of course there are, but I'm an egocentric maniac. That's like, true, but I mean, I'm surprised because there's so much of it. Of course there is, but again, I'm solliptic to certain extents. Like, I wow. don't realize I don't this. realize it until you start talking and I'm like, oh, I had no idea you were so... It's so exciting to find something like this. Okay, so the game itself is, um, you, uh, you basically are doing platforming and shooting the there are enemies that are um particular sprites uh that have behaviors which are slightly different from each other but also the characters you select will have things slightly different things mostly involved with um their their firing patterns so it's almost like getting a different gun in contra is using a different uh, character here's what i oh i'm sorry i thought it was interesting that they try and pair powers with like the person absolutely like they're expressing the the what the person is like with their the powers. way that the bullets come out of their gun yeah and like you told me there was like the pokemon thing that traps you in the pokeball yep. and there's a hockey player that like is super aggressive yeah it's super aggressive like i like the idea that they have thought about these things and, and wanted and put to it into this. yeah incorporated it like successfully into a boss versus regular person battle it's so interesting it is really interesting like i can't play games like this i'm not capable but i like the concept so much that it's difficult for me not to play it the the comparison i find myself coming to and i i guess i don't know if this tells about my age or my education but um i always think of haiku like hmm. tell me uh so i i don't know how much other people know about haiku because i don't know what their elementary education was like is that when you learn about haiku probably oh you went to like the i'm a special smart kid didn't you i did yeah you fucker um so Haiku is uh, a development of Tonka form, which isn't important. But no. basically what it comes down to is um, uh, 575 uh, being a pattern of syllables. And also there being an aspect of uh, uh, season to the verse. Okay. As in spring, winter, fall, summer. Um which we are experiencing right now. <laughs> so what haiku introduced to me at a very early age in the sense in 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 my first real uh analysis of media even mm. is a format in which limitations are valued and and that those and that those limitations are uh number of syllables per line, three lines should be about or should have reference to season it's interesting yeah it's influenced me deeply okay okay so that's what happens when you go to smart kid school when you're young i suppose so hmm. 
everyone should fucking have gifted school. Like, it's Yeah, I don't absurd. even understand why they separate them. It's, it doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense. But I went to school in Georgia, so, you know. Yeah, where they have the Hope Scholarship where everyone gets to go to college for free. Yeah. That one? That state? <laughs> you okay. Know, you don't know what it's like in elementary school. We got to watch Go with the Wind. Okay, well, we... On this podcast, what we demonstrate is the difference between focus on early education and focus on late education. And let me go ahead and tell you, because I live with her, focusing on late education means that she gets a decent job and has a realistic view of the world. Focusing on early education means that you have a wild imagination that no one seems to be able to associate themselves with. And you can't seem to, like, focus on doing things for long periods of time. So work is hard. All right. Okay, never mind. We've determined... We've determined what, what, how to get what you want there. Okay, sorry. We're digressing. Anyway, with haiku, uh, I learned uh, that limitations at, at, through media can create this, like, really, uh, I don't even know how to put it. Uh, the, the format itself, the media is the message, right? Marshall McLuhan shit, like... Uh, you're creating a the format itself communicates something but within that format there are inherencies that allow certain things to be expressed that would not not otherwise be expressed so basically formats are filters okay so this goes back to electric highways well, yeah, but let's not do that. Unless <laughs> okay. you have something specific. No, no, no. Okay, but I feel like that's what we were talking about the whole time. Yeah, we in a way. Uh, okay, now I want to know. What do you, what makes you associate that? Because uh, the format of trying to express it through space and game if influenced what, their mes- what they were trying to communicate. Absolutely. So that's what we were talking and, about. And that... In, that 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 type of that type of communication through the format and through multiple formats mixing is what i find fascinating about it okay so okay uh as far as uh lovely warriors of friendship goes the format is uh mega man ish gameplay Mm -hmm. with huge amounts of characters that are selectable Mm -hmm. a little bit of description of the characters and i got nothing i don't know where i was going with it but i'm sorry i interrupted you no i'm not but the the basic idea is that uh i really enjoyed how this how how the the format of of lovely warriors of friendship tries to communicate a fictionalized developed narrative and in in culture that I've never experienced before. So you're talking about the anime itself. Yeah. So I'm only seeing that anime and all of the culture surrounding it through the, through lens. the lens of the Mega Man format. I see. Which I see. is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I I personally I I love listening to you talk about this game. And the characters that you've discovered and how they interact with each other. 
like it's fun to think that someone has like this whole fictionalized world that they have that's expanded. translatable to other mediums yeah you know? because it's not just the cares they've used everything that is like related to it there's my little ponies there's barney the dinosaur and how does barney fit into that world right but yeah barney's like you know sings about love i love you and all that stuff i, I think I, it's been it's been like a week or and a half or so since i played it but uh when barney fires his hearts that work that move in a sign pattern mm -hmm. um i think he actually has an audio that comes from him so his basically his shotgun blast sounds like i love you really yeah so every time every time you shoot an enemy in a mega man game you're going i love you <laughs> that's pretty great yeah that's pretty great all right i think it's time to end I really enjoyed this episode. Oh, good. I'm glad. I had a, I had a great time. I've I, been wanting to express this stuff about electric highways for. S I mean, you've been you've been trying. I've been trying so hard, honey. Trying so hard. All right. Well, I hope everybody uh, enjoys uh, doing stuff this week. Yeah. Is Here. It, is there any advice you can give all of us or something like that? No, I'm afraid not. Okay.